stories from around the corner and around the country. You're listening to All the Best. Proudly supported by the Art Gallery of New South Wales. You're listening to All the Best on FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Madhura Prakash. Before we get into this week's stories, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge that I'm recording from stolen Gadigal land and pay my respect to Gadigal elders past and present. And also recognise that the area where FBI Radio is situated, Redfern, has long been a place of storytelling, strength, resistance and resilience for First Nations communities. I didn't get into trouble too much in high school. I was very afraid of authority and as such a bit of a goody two-shoes. But when I did get into trouble, it was for talking. My voice is generally on the louder side. I project well. Often it would travel above the classroom chaos and right into the teacher's ears. Uh, One time in year eight, my teacher was not in a great mood. I think it was the last period of the day and we were all tired and the classroom was a little bit uh, distracted and so a few of us got into trouble for talking. So one by one, as each of us got kind of called out throughout the lesson, he'd make us stand up and by the time there were around like four or five of us standing up, he decided that having us stand up was not enough. And he got us to write lines, some I will not distract the class, something like that, over and over again. And he wanted us to do it both at the same time. So we were standing up and we were also writing lines. So some people were kind of precariously trying to balance their books on their arm while writing, while the others, like, crouched. It was one of those weird experiences that kind of can only happen in a high school classroom. But... You know, we all learned a lesson that day, which was you need to sit down at a desk when you are writing lines, otherwise it's going to get real messy. We're kind of in the back to school season now, so as we're getting settled back into our classrooms and offices, we wanted to bring you some episodes from the All the Best archives. A heads up, there are some swears in these stories. First up, Alyssa Bermudez shares a pre-teen drama involving body hair and mortal embarrassment. Dear Diary, so this week started off like a nightmare. I was just so mad at my face. My eyebrows had been torturing me for months now. I'm sure everyone else has noticed too, considering they look like kissing caterpillars trying to take over my head. Everyone else has great eyebrows at school. Good shape, nice arch, thin. Mom said when I'm older I can get them waxed. But last night, my mom's here. (laughs) But last night, after they stared at me in the mirror one last time, I knew I couldn't wait. I got started. I soon realized they were uneven, so I shaved a little more off of the other side. (laughs) And then back again to the first side. I went back and forth like this until I discovered I shaved off way more eyebrow than needed. I went straight to bed and pretended it was a dream. (laughs) The next morning, my plan was to avoid everyone, starting with Mom. 
Morning, Han. Didn't I need to sign that permission form? Do you have band practice today? Did you write those thank you? Nope, gotta go, Mom. Then on the way to school, I tried a beanie. Don't you think it's too warm for a beanie? Ignored her. At school, there's a strict no hats policy. So I had to quickly bury my head in books. Aren't you coming to lunch? Oh no, guys, I just need to catch up on that thing. You know, the one I got a bad grade on. I don't want a progress report, so I'm doing that extra credit. Hmm, okay. But of course, nothing gets by Lauren and Nicole. So soon enough, the secret was out. Um, Alyssa, what's up with your face today? Did you like fall asleep on a weed whacker or something? Yo, that's cold. Well, it's not that bad, I swear. It'll grow back soon, probably. After spinning in a black hole of regret at school, I then had to face my mother again. And, no <laughs> and nothing gets past her twice. What did you do? She got a good look at me and figured it out. To top it all off, I then had to hear about the dangers of putting a razor to one's face and how horrified she was. Now she thinks I'm going to do other crazy stuff and doesn't trust me. Living with this face is punishment enough. The end. <laughs> that story was recorded at Read to Me Hobart. In our next story, Danny dives into rule breaking and detentions. There are many memories that are specific to being in school. Being late for roll call, waiting in the tuck shop line with your hands filled with coins, the makeout spot behind the library, and detention. I vividly remember my one time in detention because, well, I was pretty mad about it. Discipline in schools has evolved a lot over the past few decades, yet the age-old practice of locking kids in a classroom and making them stare at a wall is still widely accepted. But should it be? During a Year 8 science lesson, Tanya was dealt the time, yet her only crime was feeling sick at the prospect of dissecting a lamb's heart. I had recently become a vegetarian and my friend was also vegetarian and we both felt really ill and didn't really want to dissect a heart. It's pretty confronting. We went to our teacher who happened to be a substitute teacher that day and we were like, hey, we feel kind of uncomfortable about this, we're feeling pretty ill, would we be able to go and sit this one out? And the substitute teacher was like, totally fine, go for it, go for a walk and then um, come back and just like do your worksheet. So we went for a walk, we came back and sat outside the classroom with our worksheets and we were doing our work, also having a chat obviously because we were teenage girls, uh, but totally chill. And then we heard some ominous footsteps come down the stairs and the head teacher of science appeared around the corner and was like, ladies, what are you doing? And we were like, hey, explain the situation. We felt ill and we asked the teacher and she said it was okay if we sat outside and did our work. And the head teacher wasn't happy with that. So she stormed into the classroom and she asked the substitute teacher if we were telling the truth. 
the substitute teacher said, no, they never spoke to me. Uh, <laughs> so the substitute teacher actually lied. Yeah, she straight up lied and said, no, we never had that conversation. I can't believe that they've been outside this whole time. And the head teacher was so furious because not only did she think we were, uh, you know, squandering our education, but she also thought that we lied to her. Uh, so I had detention for a whole week. That substitute teacher all throughout my high school career, I was very shady on her. <laughs> Andre skipped PE class, which is unlawful, but then again, maybe PE should be illegal too. I only ever had detention once. I thought it'd be really hectic for me to skip PE on my last day. I sat on the other side of the oval with my friend and we just did nothing eventful other than just uh, gawk at the lamos doing PE. And then on the other side of the oval, my PE teacher clocks me and like <laughs> screams out my name and goes, <laughs> and like totally like uh, Mrs. Trunchbull's me and is like, come back here. So we like really humiliated and really embarrassingly walk across the oval back to PE and then she goes straight to detention. That one time I got detention was also because I skipped class. But I didn't go chill on the oval or head to the beach or do anything that could reasonably be considered fun. On this one particular day during year nine, I had two exams and one assignment all on the one day. In my stress, I had left the assignment at home. It was due at 3pm and I didn't plan on taking that late penalty. So after my exams, I went home to get the assignment and I didn't show up to my class. I'll admit I was a slightly high-strung 15-year-old, so when I got a detention, it weighed pretty heavy on my soul, but not everyone was so phased. Eddie was a detention regular and didn't take it seriously enough to stick around. It was a sunny afternoon at Leichhardt Sydney Secondary School and I was sitting in detention Time was ticking ever so slow, and I thought to myself, hey, let's get out of here. So I shimmied on over to the window of detention, not the door, because why would you do that as 14 and dramatic? So I opened the window and um, jumped out of the window out of detention and landed on the principal's car. At the same time I landed on the car, uh, it was like a scene out of a movie. The principal walked into the car park at the same time as my sick land. Did it hurt when you fell? No, it wasn't a fall. It was a graceful jump. It was very well executed, 10 out of 10, and it was only from the first floor. Ground floor, really. And so after this happened, did they, like, send a note home to your parents or anything? Did I think I got suspended. Out? Got suspended? Yeah. But let's just say I wasn't attending that school by the end of the year. After getting a detention on the last day of school, Andre also didn't think it was worth hanging around, especially since it meant missing the end-of-year concert. I got the talking to, and it was this case of, well, you've really botched it for yourself, Andre, because you cut class once in the 15 years that you've been educated, we're not going to let you go to the year 10 concert, which is the only reason to go to high school, apparently, in Canberra. 
Okay, do you remember Freaky Friday? You know how yeah. Lindsay Lohan got detention like three times in that one day that they were at school? It was basically like that. Just like teachers passed out, head in a book. Everyone's just like super over it. It's the end of the day. Everyone just wants to be out and about. There I am just thinking to myself, of all the days in the school year, why did I pick this day to be caught? I'd never cut class in my life. I've never been to detention. I've been such a good boy. All I've ever done is wear a dress code at school and win medallions at events. No, I've never won, I've never won a medallion at an event. Who am I kidding? Eventually, I could hear the year 10 concert going off within earshot. and I'm just sitting in detention. Everyone's just so bored out of their mind. And I could just hear, you know, the glee choirs, like, getting louder and louder. And I can hear, you know, the cheering and the, you know, someone's trying to do a rendition of TikTok by Kesha. And I'm just oozing with jealousy. So I snuck out. And I thought, you know what, actually, fuck this. Because the actual, the punishment was that if you don't attend detention, follow the rules correctly. Not only do you not get to go to the attend concert, but they're not going to let you graduate. So I thought, oh my god, you know what? I never thought that skipping PE would yield such punishments. But I busted my balls trying to get out of that room, and I'm pretty sure I snuck out after one of the teachers who was doing the detention rounds had left. And then I like, crept across my school and ended up backstage um, while the performances were happening and just piled it out like that and didn't actually have any problems with getting into year 11, surprisingly enough. I get the idea that there must be some kind of punishment for misbehaviour. If not, the kiddos would learn no discipline, they'd just go around doing whatever they like, and it would be anarchy. Well, yeah, obviously. There are some crimes that deserve the time, but shouldn't the time be productive? If someone doesn't learn anything from detention, doesn't that then defeat the whole purpose? The lesson that I learned from detention is that PE is the wrong class to skip because not only are teachers patrolling around the block, they are hungry for students that are truanting and they are on the prowl and they are going to catch you and they're going to get their big goofy cartoon nets and like scoop you up and then drag you to the ultimate punishment school. I don't know why I didn't just skip maths or science or botany or, you know, textiles. I don't know why I picked the one class where the only job the teacher has is to make sure you attend (laughs) and show up. So I went to a school that was really, really tame. It was an all-girls selective high school. Everyone was kind of on their best behaviour at most times. And I was definitely a goody two-shoes, so uh, detention was very foreign to me. That particular detention, we had to like each write a letter about why what we did was so wrong. And it was the most sarcastic letter I've ever written. <laughs> I was 14 and an egomaniac who probably thought it was the best thing ever. And I probably still do because I'm here telling the story and I remember that over any test or anything I handed in because really what's real at that age? Kids jump out of windows, shake things up a little bit. That story was produced by Danny Stewart, with support from Pip Leeson and Alison Chan. You're listening to All the Best from FBI Radio 94.5. I'm Madhura Prakash. Are you interested in making audio stories? 
All the Best is looking for audio makers to get creative in 2024 with Audio Club. We're challenging you to create a short audio story with 60 seconds of silence. You only need your phone to get involved and everyone who participates will enter a draw to win a pair of Danone headphones. If you want to hear some examples or bounce some ideas of other people, come along to our meetup at the FBI Studios on February 28th at 5.30pm. Or you can meet up with us online on the 13th of March. You can find the full details at www.allthebest.com slash audio challenge. Next up, Sapphire spends a day beyond the bars of the school gates. One afternoon, I was with my friend, let's call her Sandy, and we were lying on the trampoline, bored out of our minds, and we were like, enough is enough. We're teenagers and we need some textbook adventures. So I said to Sandy, let's do it. Let's have the best days of our lives and skip a day of school tomorrow. Ingeniously, we decided to go about our usual routines, pack our lunches, kiss our parents goodbye, and on our usual walk to school, we take a detour and begin our day at Woolies. We pulled together our money and snack shopped like every teenager dreamed. We grabbed all the bad snacks we could carry in our sticky delinquent hands. Chips, Coke, candy, and for the cherry on the top, the iconic Woolies $5 mud cake. What a time to be alive! We were peaking and we hadn't even had any sugar yet! We laid out our feast at the park. We took our spoons, ate the cake from the center out, like savages. Remember that scene in Matilda where the kid had to eat the entire chocolate cake and it was disgusting and somehow looked freaking delicious? Yeah, it was like that, but we weren't being forced to be this disgusting. So we finished our fine dining experience and we're like fat cats lying in the sun digesting. And then I turned to Sandy and I said, hey, you want to go for a swim? I don't know why I wanted to. Maybe it was the 40 degree heat or maybe it was just to show off our newly acquired pot bellies. So we started on an epic Lord of the Rings adventure. We were walking and talking and everything was grand. What a good day this was shaping up to be. But then the sun started to get hotter. Because we were wagging, we had to go the back way. And I'm not talking a casual back way either. I'm talking through shrubbery and sticks. The distance and heat was starting to get to us. We'd look at each other with pained eyes and smile like, huh, everything's totally fine, I'm having so much fun, not dying in the slightest. Sometime had passed and I was trying my best not to pass out from dehydration. We got to the edge of the bush and we hit the burbs. Oh, thank God. Civilization. Now being at least halfway, we were beyond ecstatic. A glorious swim was around the corner. We kept on our way when I heard a small voice behind me like, Saf. This didn't sound very confident, so I slowly turned around. Sandy's face was pale. She was making that face you make when you accidentally send a nude to your mum. I was like... Mate, don't look at me like that. Nothing good can come from this face. We literally have no lifeline if something bad were to happen. She was like, I just, I just shit myself. I was like, what? But like, how? Like, how did this escalate so quickly? One minute ago, you were fine. Now straight to shitting yourself? There's no chill. She was like, I still need to go. Also, I need to wash myself. I was like, fuck, okay. Okay, let's, let's figure this out. Where are we? We looked around to get a sense of our surroundings. We both remembered that our friend lived around the corner and we'd been at a house before. I was like, there, go there, you can do what you gotta do and clean yourself up. 
So we hastily made our way to our friend's house. Well, like, she waddled by, occasionally waited for her to catch up. We got there, no one was home. Thank God. We were skipping school and we didn't want to be ratted out. Anyway, we opened the gate to my friend's yard and no, we didn't have permission to fertilize their backyard. We turn around to close the gate and hear something behind us. Scared shitless, literally, we turn around to see a giant horse towering over us. This thing was huge and it was not going to let us pass. Sandy was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? The tap is around the back and I need to get to it. Quick, like distract it. I was like, what? How though? I don't know horses. What do I do? She was like, do you have any snacks you could give it? Do you have an apple or something in your bag? So I pulled my backpack around and rummaged through. I grabbed out an old packet of twisties and I was like, oh, look at these. I can't give it these. What if it freaking dies, man? I can't have that weight on my shoulders. I'm only 15. She was like, please, we have no other choice. I literally have shit on me and my stomach feels like it's coming back for seconds. I was like, okay, fine. But if this horse dies, man, it's on you. She was like, sure, whatever. Just add it to the list of things that are on me right now. So I shimmied along the fence while opening the twisties and lured the horse over. Sandy made a sneaky escape to around the back. About 10 minutes later, Sandy comes back around the corner, sopping wet. And I was like, okay, you're good. She was like, yeah, let's just leave before our friends get home and see World War Three at the back. The owners probably got home, looked at the back and were like, what the fuck did you eat, horse? Anyways, we kept on our adventure. To the pool! Sand had already cooled off, but I was still dying for a swim. We made our way onto the main road, then I noticed a car coming towards us. I stopped. My stomach dropped. Now I understood how Sandy had felt earlier. I was like, yo, man, isn't that your mom's car? She replied, like, nah, 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 that's, that's not her, nah, nah. I was like, no one else in this town owns a shiny car with heavily tinted windows and a name on her number plates. We both bolted for a ditch on the side of the road. I was legging it, Sandy resoiling herself. We both dived into the ditch and prayed to the gods that the car keeps driving. It drives past and we both relax and start hysterically laughing. But we look up and notice the car had stopped. Shit, this is it. The end of us as we knew it. Sandy's mum hopped out of the car. We shamefully walked over with our heads down. Well, I walked as Sandy waddled. We got into the car and sat in silence. Our brain's going 100 miles an hour thinking what our punishment would be. Sandy's mum, keeping her eyes on the road, pipes up. What smells? Like shit. That was Growing Pains by Sapphire Sheedy. Supervised by Alison Chan. For our final story, Yichen Wu investigates a secret superstar. My name is Crystal. And where are you come from? Uh, I come from China. And how long have you been a busker? About uh, two months, maybe. Not very long. So you are a student now? Yeah. And what brings you to busking? Can I speak in Chinese? Yes, you can use Chinese if you want. 
At first I started busking because playing in my dorm room was annoying other people. I continued to busk because it changed my life. I love it. It's really special. I also wanted to expand the understanding of Chinese national instruments overseas where people know less about them. And even in China, there are lots of people who think traditional instruments are old-fashioned. But no matter what other people might think, I wanted to change people's ideas about these instruments. I hope I can do this, but it is hard. Yes, it's good for you, and I think I will support you too. So, what do you like most about busking? I think what I like most about busking is children. Like me, they're students. I think children's feelings about music are really genuine. They might not feel sympathy for me, but they're curious about the music and attracted to it. And it's really cute when they take money out of their wallets. Anyway, it's my greatest comfort that they want to come and listen. I'm often moved by this, and it's hard to express that feeling. So have you ever been busking in China? No, no. Have you ever played on the stage? Sure. Actually, I've been learning formally for 13 years now, so I have many chances to play on the stage. But it feels different to playing on the street. So what's the difference between play on the street and play on the stage? When you play on the stage, everyone's there for you. They've all come to see your performance. But when you play on the street, you have to do something special to attract the audience's attention and to make them love Chinese musical instruments. And that includes how you select the music and how you perform it. All of this comes from you. So I think that's the biggest difference. Uh, so, what's the hardest time when you do busking? I think the hardest thing is to overcome judgment, and I was a bit embarrassed to stand in a conspicuous place when I was in China. Well, I'm also shy in Sydney. Sometimes the way other people look at you and comment about you is hurtful. However, it doesn't matter. I shouldn't care about these things. The last question. If you can use one word, what word you will use to describe the feeling of basking? Uh, challenge. Thank you very much. That story was produced by Yi Chen Wu. All the best would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we make these stories and pay our respects to elders past and present. All the best is made at FBI Radio on Gadigal land in association with Sin and 3RRR on Wurundjeri Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung lands and 8 C on Arunde and Waramungu lands.
The All the Best editorial producer is Mel Bakewell, and Phoebe Adler Ryan is our executive producer. Our social media producer is Isabella Lee, and our social media assistant is Seth Emmerich. Patrick McKenzie is our community coordinator, and Janae Madden is our content assistant. Shining Bird composed our theme music, and Annie Hamilton designed the artwork. We're heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network, and we're made possible by the Art Gallery of New South Wales and the Community Broadcasting Foundation. You can find our full archive of more than 500 episodes at allthebestradio.com. I'm Madhura Prakash. Thanks for listening. <laughs>